Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Studying the Song. Today, we're going to be talking about three easy ways for you to instantly sing better. Even if your range has decreased over this past year of COVID and the pandemic and not singing, even if you're feeling out of shape physically, you can do these three things and you will instantly sound like a better singer. Why are we talking about this today? Well, I've been hearing from so many singers that they're having anxiety about getting back out there in the audition scene and getting back on stage. And not only are they feeling you know, that their voices are rusty and that they've lost the, lost range, but they're also feeling like, you know, they're wondering, can they handle the scrutiny and the stress of going to auditions and being judged and constantly trying to prove themselves? And I think, you know, this last year has been a welcome relief for many of us where we were able to kind of put down that constant low level anxiety that we have felt about performing and like making it and if we're good enough and all those things that are constantly running in our mind. And it's been nice to not have those things running in our minds. But now we're seeing these audition notices come back up and all of that, that like anxiety and insecurity start coming back up. And we're like, do I want to pick that up again? Do I want to go back out there and feel that anxiety? And I'm guessing no, the answer is no, you don't want to pick that anxiety back up, but we still want to perform. We still love singing. We still love this art form. So we do have to pick up our daily practice and we do need to start singing again. And as we do that, I know you're going to have, you know, a hundred negative thoughts about yourself and your voice running through your head. Um, So first, let me just say, stop it. Just don't even go there. You don't deserve to be treated that way. You will not improve your voice or be productive at all by thinking any of those thoughts. And if you, you know, hear a negative thought come up in your head, just pick it up and put it in the trash. Like you can do that. You're in charge of your thoughts. You don't need to be having those things running through your head while you're trying to start singing again. Instead, I want you to give yourself a ton of grace as you just go through the process of waking up your voice and beginning training again. You know, if you were a runner and you were getting back into running marathons after a whole year off from running, you wouldn't go out for a 12 mile run on your first day back at training. You know, you would like start eating right first and you'd make a training plan and then you would stretch and then you'd maybe do like a light two or three mile run on that first day. It would be a slow and steady incremental approach to getting back into shape. And you would not on that first day say, 
oh, I can't believe I'm not able to run a marathon today, right? You wouldn't compare yourself with the best shape you were ever in because you've been off for a year. So give yourself grace. This is going to be a process, right? Second, let's get some easy wins right off the bat. And that's what today's show is really about. I want to give you a few things to remind yourself of that will instantly make you sing better, instantly get you closer to the singer that you were before the pandemic. And these are things you can implement right off the bat. They're not related to your range or how high you can belt or how long of a phrase you can sing. Like those things require stamina that you will build up over time. These techniques today can be done by anyone at any level of singing, and they um, will just bring up your performance level without having to deal with like that stamina issue. They're just going to be things that everybody needs to consistently do. And I remind myself of these things as well when I'm working on songs. So let's get into it. Okay. So the first way to instantly sing better is going to sound silly, but it is pretend that you are better. Okay. This is about imitating so here's a little illustration. I like to do this with, um, with individual singers, but also with choirs that I'm working with. Imagine yourself as a little kid singing whatever song you're working on. Um, let's say you're singing, Oh, say, can you see? Okay, na- the national anthem. But we're going to do it like a little kid, and it would be like, Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light, right? It's like kind of depleted and unsupported and nasal and slouchy, right? And you're just learning it because your teacher is teaching you the words and you have no idea what you're talking about. And then I like to have people imagine, okay, now be a high school choir participant or be a high school studying singer how would you sound? Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? And you'll probably get like more technique in there. You're going to have more open vowels. You'll be a little bit more supported, but there still might not be very much musicality. And then I walk them through Imagine that you're in a college choir, right? And you kind of get a little bit better. And then imagine, this is the step that's so important. Imagine you're singing at the Metropolitan Opera. Or for us in the world of musical theater, imagine you're singing on Broadway as you're singing this song. Just pretend. What are you going to sing like? Oh, see, can you see by the dawn's early light? Right? The vibrato is going to come in, the support and the shaping comes in, all of it. I'm telling you, try this. I mean, with yourself, but if you're a teacher, try it with your students. Just having them go through the steps from child, high school, college, and then the peak pinnacle of professionalism. Your body just does stuff without you even naming what it is. It's so cool. So that's what I want you to do first. I want you to pretend that you are better. Don't think about what techniques you're trying to do. Just imagine I am Ben Platt. How does Ben Platt sing this song? How does Patina Miller sing this song? 
what is the level of confidence that Sutton Foster has when she's singing this song? And just imagine living in their bones and having all of the success and the Tony Awards to prove it, where you're finally like, yes, I deserve to be here and then sing your song. And even if you're not fully back with your range, and even if you can't totally find your resonance, there's going to be a quality to what you're doing that just lifts you up to the next level. Okay. So first step to singing better is to pretend that you are better. Okay. Step number two. Step number two is I want you to elongate your vowels. This is such an easy thing that all of us can do, no matter what level that you're at. In every word that you sing, you're going to extend the vowel as long as possible. Why is this important? Because the vowel is the part of your voice that we actually hear you, you know, singing on. Consonants are when your mouth like closes and your lips and your teeth and your tongue and your soft palate, they're like connecting in different ways to create language. But the actual beautiful vocal part of what we're hearing are the consonants. That's when your mouth is open. All right. So you're going to extend these vowels. You're going to choose your vowel shape and keep them elongated. So here's an example from um, Cinderella, A Lovely Night. I'm going to be singing a lot on this episode. So just prepare and everything will probably be in very low alto keys. So the song, A Lovely Night goes, a lovely night, a lovely night, right? And I already kind of extended my vowels. Let me see if I can do it poorly. A lovely night, a lovely night. So that's someone not really caring about the vowel of the word. They're singing it in time. They're singing the notes, but we're not caring about the vowel. Here's the change. A lovely night, that lovely night. And then we get the ah of night. And then another, a lovely night. You open that long vowel and it instantly sounds more beautiful. Now here's the the concept that pairs with elongating your vowels. And it's this idea of liaison consonants. So liaison, liaison is, I always imagine it in French because my French teacher would always like teach us the words and you have an article like le or la, right? And then if it's multiples, it's les, L-E-S. And if your next word begins with a, a vowel like oreille, which is ears, it's les oreilles. And you have a little z, a liaison between the end of les, L-E-S, and the beginning of oreille. So you're going to connect the two words with a little S sound, les oreilles. So when we're singing, we're going to extend our vowel. And then the, whatever the end of our word is, we're actually going to attach it to the beginning of the next word. That's how I want you to think of this. A lovely night. Vli is going to attach to night. A lovely night. You hear that? Now, we don't want to over-accentuate it. I'm doing that because I'm trying to help you hear it. But that is the thought. Extend the vowel and then put the closing consonants on the beginning of the next word. Okay, I have to pop in and say, a lovely, we're attaching the v of love to the next syllable, lee. A lovely, and then you say night. Okay, 
back to the podcast. What happens when we have a word like night? We have night. It's easy to sing two vowel sounds within that one word. If you're a singer and you've been studying, you know that these are called diphthongs. It's two vowel sounds right next to each other. So we're using an I sound in night. It might be the word I, Y, sky, fly, light, um, you know, anything that rhymes with that. Um, and when we're singing in musical theater, you want to choose to extend the first of the two vowels. So in night, it's I, night. And what we want to do is extend the ah and put the eat right at the end and attach it to the next word. Listen. A lovely night, a night, a it, a, right? I put a little bit of eat and right attached it to the a. Uh. This is a weird episode that I'm doing so much intricate vo- vocal work, but that's the concept. So extend the beautiful vowel. If you have a diphthong, extend the first of the two vowels. Um, here's another example. Um, I don't know how to love him. I don't. A lot of singers will do that. They'll close the I onto the second vowel. I don't know. And it ends up sounding like you're wanting to get done with your phrase and you're wanting to move to the next word too early. No, love that vowel. Extend the first vowel in that diphthong, the ah. I don't know how to love him. Yeah, and then love, you get a nice ah, the him, the him. Yeah, connecting the liaison, the V to the him. All right, so you get it. Extend your, your vowels. This will create a more legato, smooth, connected sound in your singing. And it can help, you know, when you have a wordy phrase, it can help you like connect it all into one lyrical thought, if that makes sense. Now, some of you might say, but Corey, we don't always want to sing legato. Sometimes we're told to have a conversational tone. We need to talk it more. And when we're talking, we're actually, our vowels are shortening to how we would use them in speech. It's really only in song that your vowels become as long as, as they are, right? When we're singing, it doesn't happen when you're speaking. So let's take an example, like, um, if I were a bell from guys and dolls. So the beginning is ask me, how do I feel? Ask me now that we're cozy and clinging. So you can have it be more conversational. Ask me, how do I feel? Ask me now that we're cozy and clinging. And you'll hear me really grabbing onto the consonants and shorting, shorting, shortening the vowels. And then here's how we can open it up. Ask me, how do I feel? Ask me now that we're cozy and clinging. So you might, like I did cozy kind of talkative, you can use the legato, the open vowel to make it feel more romantic almost. And then other times shorten your vowels to be conversational. I think within songs, like we begin more conversational and as we go on, we come, we become more singy. So that's a thought. Okay. Just because I love this concept and I really want to land it home. Um, <laughs> here is an example that 
uses kind of all these concepts, a long open vowel, liaison consonants, extending first vowels in the diphthong and combining it to be conversational. So this is all, this is from wild party. How did we come to this? Um, I don't even know what key I'm just going to try singing. We're all so sure. That's beautiful, right? Go Corey. We're all so wise. Nice long vowels. No limits, no boundaries, no compromise. Laughing at our neighbor. Conversational. Smiling through a hiss. How did we come to this? Eh? You really have got to think of that. The I vowel. Now the, the consonants on this, uh, the consonants, the vowel diphthongs. How did, how, how, ow is the diphthong. Ah and oo. But when we're singing it, we want the ah. How did we? Yeah, I am in the basement right now, but that's because I'm speaking. That's okay. Um, another one is when you're singing no limits. No, oh, there's an open o and then an u sound, and we want the o. No limits, no boundaries, no compromise, right? Um, and then the, the conversational phrase is laughing at our neighbor. You can make that short. Smiling through a hiss, through a hiss, ba, 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 right? You hear that little spoken rhythm. Okay. And now I just feel like I'm giving a concert, but this is the thing to think about. Instantly will elevate your singing if you're in control of what your vowels are doing, extending them identifying what they are. Is this an ah? Is it an ooh? Is it an i? Or is it a diphthong? Ah, e, where I need to pick which one I'm doing. And then sing them with purpose through your phrase and connect it to the next word. And you're, I mean, you're going to feel like, okay, I'm getting back in the saddle. I'm winning. I'm sounding great. Even if I can't belt the high notes of the song yet, right? You can still shape all of these smaller moments. Okay. So number one, pretend you are better. Number two, extend those vowels and then use the end of your word, which is usually a consonant, as a liaison to the next word. Okay. Number three, stick the landing. All right, this is one of my favorite illustrations and it is a gymnast illustration. So you know how, um, what's the one where they run and they flip over the horse? The vault. Okay. I even have notes in front of me and I didn't write that down for some reason. So the vault and, and they do they have to stick the landing and everything, but I'm thinking of the vault. You're running down that long blue carpet and then you jump on the little springboard and then you start to flip and your hands touch the horse and then you're up in the air, right? And you're doing all whatever flips and things you're doing. And this is all like the magic that they're they're grading you on, and then you land. And in the land, what you want to do is called sticking the landing, right? You want your feet to plant with no extra step, no wobble. You want it to be specifically defined, like you know where you're landing. And then once you've got your balance, 
What do they do? They stand full up and they put their arms in the air for their, that final pose. And what I love about this image is that they do all of this stuff before they even do the landing. They're running, they're jumping, they're pushing off of the horse, they're flipping, right? We have that in our vocal phrases where we begin, we got to take our breath and then we begin our phrase and we're doing all the vocal gymnastics and then we have to end our phrase. And even in the ending, there's all of these specific things that need to happen. That's after the big trips, big tricks, excuse me, and the flips in the air. The end is incredibly specific for these gymnasts. And that's what we need to have for our phrases. Be specific with how you end your phrase, the release of your phrase. That's what sticking the landing means. So take every phrase of music that you sing and at the end, you're going to analyze what is happening. There's three things that could be happening. Your last word of a phrase could end with a non-voiced consonant. So that would be like a T, which is a T, or a D, G, P. All of these things where you can't sing a note on the consonant. It's just like a, a percussive thing that happens. Or your phrase, your last word might end on a voiced consonant like an M or an N, R, L, V, Z, an N, G, yeah. And that is when you can actually sing through the final consonant, um, like room, room, yeah, versus night. The T is very final and there's no voice on that. Okay, the third option of how your phrase might end would be a vowel at the end. So if you say, um, you know, I love him so, there's no consonant, it's just so, and there's an O at the end, right? So figure out, and this is every phrase, not just the end of the song, what happens at the end of your last word, okay? And you've got to be specific with how you're going to sing that last consonant or vowel. So if it's a non-voiced consonant, um, let's see, a lovely night, a lovely night, you hear the t very specifically. And what I'll hear singers do, some singers, you know, they're they, a lovely night, night, and they dentalize that T, their tongue gets, you know, connected to right behind the, their top teeth. And they're not thinking about the word night, night, because it's not the big moment of the song, right? It's like, a love. I'm more concerned about love than night, but not so. You need to make a choice. A lovely night, a lovely night. And we hear a little flick there, yeah? And then even at the end of the song, it's a bigger one, whereas in the beginning, they're like little flicks. But at the end, a lovely, lovely night. Really stick the landing. Give us the t really strongly. I dare you to go, I mean, I don't dare you, that's so confrontational. I encourage you, go listen to any, you know, of your favorite singers, and this goes for pop music as well, um, but Broadway singer, pop music, pick a song and listen to how they're ending their phrases. You will hear incredible specificity. There is a choice being made. It may not be, you know, a high volume, like they're making it really loud, 
but they are making a choice and that's what you've got to do. So that was the non-voiced consonant example, like a T. You can do it soft or you can do it hard. Let's talk about voiced consonants. Okay, um, I'll give you a few different examples. Cabaret, the song. What good is sitting alone in your room? Room, there's an M, right? And you can actually have a little release, a little vowel that happens after the M. Alone in your room. Ma, ma. Yeah, instead of room. Well, alone in your room. It doesn't feel like there's a finish there. Then she says, um, come taste the wine. We want a little na. Come hear the band. That one has a D. Say the D. That's not a voice consonant. That's just a consonant. And then she says, um, no use permitting some prophet of doom. That's another one. Prophet of doom. Doom. So as you have your voice consonants, you can actually release them in a rhythmic way and have a little vowel that happens. I think it's called a shadow vowel that happens right after the release. So that's one way you can do your voice consonants. A second way to do your voice consonants is actually to draw them out and sing on the consonant itself. So here um, is an example, a jazz example. We do this a lot in jazz and a lot in like Hollywood musicals of the 50s and the 40s, um, like Judy Garland and uh, Mary Martin. I'm trying to think of all those people. Anyway, more of the Hollywood people. Um, so here's the man that got away. Uh, the bridge or the B section goes, no more his eager call. Call. You can actually go to that L and that does it again. The writing's on the wall. Ooh, I'm holding the L. The dreams you dreamed have all gone away. So you can elongate the ul part of that. Okay. That's a, a cool one. You could also do, um, I've got you under my skin. You know that one? I've got you under my skin. You can sing into the N of skin. Yeah. And then it goes on, but that's the part that happens in the title. And you say it a lot with every verse you're saying under my skin. And that might be different every time you do it. You might give more I skin so we can hear vibrato or you might give more N, right? Okay, here's a pop example from Demi Lovato. Um, this is another N. Uh, Stone Cold is the song. Let's see. And she does this a bunch of different ways because you say it so many times in the song. Some of them are like real short and conversational. Some of them you, she sings into these voiced consonants like stone cold stone cold she actually has two she's got the n of stone and then the l of cold cold she's, she's singing into the l um you see me standing when i'm dying on the floor stone cold stone cold so she does a lot with those ends where she's leaning into them and and putting a lot of that as kind you know, it's a sad song. It's that, mm, that moany, mm, she's putting that into her hum on the end there. So it's really beautiful. You'll use this in, you know, in every style of music. So I want to give you a few different reference points. 
Um, so let's see, we did the non-voice consonant, we did the voice consonant, oh, and then the vowel ending. Okay, so I gave you the example of I don't know how to love him, the end of that. I don't know how to love him, right? The whole song happens, and then she says, I love him so. Now, you could just stop the sound on the O, the open part of the vowel, but what sounds more endy or finishy is putting that little shadow vowel on there. So, wh, there's a little wh that happens. You can add that. It sounds real nice, guys. Go listen to those cast recordings. Um, how about the song, As Long As He Needs Me, right at the beginning of the song? She says that, right? As long as he needs me. Yeah, there's a little yeah that happens <laughs> instead of just stopping sound on me. Me, me, I'm just cutting air. But this is as long as he needs me. Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing happens anytime you have an E vowel, you're ending with a little uh, a Y with a Y, like a Y-I-H almost, yeah. Here's bewitched, bothered, and bewildered, the section that goes, um, how's it go? Lost my heart, but what of it? He is cold, I agree. Yeah. Did you hear it? He is cold, I agree. Just gives a little bit rhythmic closure to the phrase, okay? All right, I could go on for hours. You use this in every song, every phrase, all genres. Um, that is so like easy to do. You don't have to be in good voice to be specific about your end of your phrases, right? You don't have to have your stamina built up. You don't have to be, you don't have to have your like high, high C soprano legit. You don't have to have your big belty, mixy, screlty, skrixky stuff happening. You're just saying, I'm going to be purposeful about how I'm ending my phrase. And when you start managing all these details and getting them in there, you instantly sound more professional. And as I'm listening to you as a music director and a vocal coach, I'm like, wow, they've really made a lot of choices. They've gone really deep. They're very specific. And that tells me that if you get this role, whatever you're auditioning for, you're going to take care. You're going to be um, combing through the score and making specific choices so that you're telling a complete story. You're not going to leave things up to chance of like, oh, well, I think I'll just, I'll do this when I get there. Or it's just rote. I just know how to do it. Mm, maybe, maybe you do these things often enough where they just become habit, but we have to do them on purpose enough times before that happens, right? All right, so that is the end of our episode. The takeaways are just those three points. Number one, pretend you are better and you will sound better. Number two, open up those vowels and elongate them and then put the end of your word attached to the beginning of the next word. And then number three, you want to stick the landing. Be very specific about how you're ending your phrases. That's it. You guys, if you do these things, you are going to just, 
give yourself those easy wins. You're going to be a little bit more confident as you're opening up that audition book and just your rep book and singing through stuff again. These are the easy things you can do without having to, you know, be at full volume or full, um, full stamina and all of that. So I just want to encourage you guys get started, give yourself grace and start being specific about your choices. All right. If you guys found today's episode helpful, enlightening, useful, I just encourage you share it with a friend. Um, that's what this is all about. Like I'm doing this because I want to help singers and I love teaching and I love encouraging. And if you have found this podcast helpful to you, I'm guessing that maybe, you know, somebody that will also be helpful too. And let's just spread it around and, um, you know, get each other on board, get each other singing again and feeling good and being encouraged as performers and artists. So I couldn't do this without you. Like the whole reason is that I want to reach out and I want to touch, you know, the, the lives of the artists that are listening to this and that is you. So thank you. If you have been sharing it, please continue to do that. Send a screenshot or send a link to the episode to somebody via text. Um, and then, you know, if you have a second, stop by Apple Podcasts and leave a review. That's really cool because people that are like scanning podcasts can see, oh, here's a singer that's saying that this is helpful. Um, thank you guys for spending this time with me. I am so honored that you're sharing your life and sharing your time and choosing to spend your time listening to this podcast. I'm going to continue bringing all of the good stuff that I can bring and sharing the stuff that is on my heart and inspiring and fascinating to me. And I hope that you will find it the same. In the meantime, be well, be blessed. I will see you next time on Studying the Song. Mm -hmm.